Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Abel, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life, and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase, work ethic is a superpower. According to Merriam-Webster, work ethic is a belief in work as a moral good. A good work ethic in the camera-ready and able universe translates to the ability to prioritize tasks, meet deadlines, show up on time, be professional, be a good colleague, be collaborative, and get things done in order to move forward. Here to discuss is Buki Alegbade, who is an award-winning host, producer, and content creator who has produced content for the likes of Health Magazine, ABC, ESPN, Create TV, PBS, Nat Geo, and Disney, and has produced and hosted docuseries, talk shows, panel shows, and live events, and currently is the host and executive producer of Table for All, now in its second season, a joyful cinematic documentary series focusing on culture and diversity through the food lens in his home state of New Jersey. Welcome to the podcast, Buki. Thank you, Barbara. Appreciate it. Oh, well, I appreciate you. And I, I want to get into you know work ethic, but I also want to say that your smile is a superpower. <laughs> If if we we could deal with the climate crisis oh. and energy, if we could just bottle your smile. So I hope that everyone will get a chance to watch. You know, it's actually really funny. I I I actually don't like my smile, <laughs> but I do. I I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. I I've never been a smiley person, or like anytime someone says smile with your teeth, I'm like, please don't make me smile with my teeth. Um, but I guess you have to catch me at, at the right time. <laughs> I don't know. Aww. Well, for anyone listening, I just want to tell you also, Buki, you're a natural smizer. Uh, well, yes, I, I do. I do. I can give you a smize. That's for sure. You know, your face lights up, your eyes are smiling. That's a gift in its own right. But I, I wanted to ask you, and the, one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the podcast is right there in your Instagram bio, it says, mm-hmm. work ethic is my superpower. That's right. Can, I'd like to dive in, explain how did you get to that? And and you lead with it. So I'd love to know more. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I think just growing up, uh, I mean, I grew up in a Nigerian household and that my, my parents were not about like the foolery. <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, and you, 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 you worked for your supper. Um, there was no, you know, Buki, what do you want for dinner? It was get your butt in the kitchen and let's cook this food. And so, and I, I, you know, and everyone who grew up with parents of immigrants knows that you learn this from them because it, you know, it's hard to start your life over again. And I saw my parents work one, two, three jobs, day shift, night shift over like everything. Um, So for me, I always knew that, you know, I was never going to be the prettiest. That was just not going to happen, uh, especially in like America's standard of beauty. I am not a six foot two gorgeous white man. So that's not happening. I don't have, you know, feminine beauty to rely on. Uh, so I had to find another way. And that way was work ethic. And for me, I've always enjoyed working. I loved collaborating with people, even in jobs I didn't even like, I enjoyed going to. Um, because that for me was, I mean, listen, uh, I can't 
I can't do anything else but that. That's how I, that's my superpower. I mean, you can put me and Hussein Bolt on a treadmill and one of two things is going to happen. Either we're both going to die <laughs> or Hussein's going to lose because uh, it's just who I am at, at my core. So I just love to work. And I mean, it's, it's, it's killed me in the personal life department. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, for me, work ethic is just, it's, it's the baseline. Um, I know a lot of people say work smarter, not harder, but I really do feel like there's no replacement for hard work there. You can't get anywhere, whether you want to be an actor, a singer, a host, a dancer, even a doctor for crying out loud. Like there's no, there's no getting around hard work, period. When did you realize that working hard propelled you forward? I mean, I'm presuming like you're in school, maybe. When did you realize that it, it got you something that you wanted and, and perhaps also, you know, recognition and validation? Uh, I think, yeah, I think, yeah. When I was young, younger in school, again, I wasn't... Uh, Allison Senek hated her guts. She was the smartest girl in class. She always got straight A's, hated her forever. But, you know, she, I have to give her credit. She pushed me too, um, to really work hard and to really get the gratification of seeing those A's, those A's. We, we love A pluses. Like I, I'm still, I'm still that like 10 year old kid that loves A pluses. Um, so I think then, and seeing the response when, you did do a good job and you did go above and beyond and oh wow like Luki, you you did such a great job you're amazing you're this you're that like I'm not gonna lie I'm a glory hog I love me some accolades <laughs> I'm not gonna lie so I mean again I mean I'm not gonna get it from the beauty so I'm gonna get it from hard work so if I want my accolades I gotta work hard but yeah I think yeah growing up in school the sign I remember the science fair staying up literally making my whole family stay up the entire night to help me create like these menageries of like planets and dinosaurs and my dad who is an incredible drawer he literally should have been a cartoonist if he if in, a, in another life I would make him like create this incredible like drawings on the boards and the this and the that like always one like best in show best design always um and it was a group effort because <laughs> I made it as we had made it a group effort. But yeah, all, all, all started when I was younger and it was it was just required from my parents. Like there was again, there was no sit around every every summer, every weekend. My mom would say, so what did you accomplish today? And there was no sitting around watching television. It was you get your butt up and you do something. And that's where I, that's where I learned it. Wow. And so this is still propelling you today, correct? Still today, <laughs> and especially in this business, yes. Is there ever a time really when you stopped and then said, oh shoot, if I'd worked harder or have you never slacked? Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, sure I, I'm sure I've slacked, but I think for me more so is not trusting myself and my gut. I've, mm. had, I've had so many moments that, I, that I, I try not to look back because it's just not productive and it'll just you'll just wind up in the Ben and Jerry's container if you start looking back. But I look back and I think, man, if I just trusted my intuition, if I just listened to my gut, if I just didn't go that way, 
things might have been different. I mean, it's even for even for the shows I've produced, it's like, man, why it's like, why didn't I just listen to myself? And it's like, and again, and that's another part to it. Like working hard is great, but it is true that you do have to work a little smart, trust your gut to really make it. So I I have a lot of those. Like I don't think I've ever really slacked off. I mean, of course, there are days that I'm like, I just can't. I just can't do it. So, you know, but that, that's what I said. I'm taking, I'm scheduling a rest day. That's what we call it. When you want to slack off, you schedule a rest day. Um, and That is you, working smart, though. I guess so. And, you know, it's a way to not beat yourself up by saying, oh, my God, I'm slacking by watching Netflix. No, you're scheduling a time to recoup and to recharge those batteries. Well, for the um, record, Buki, I consider watching Netflix doing industry research. Uh, well, for you, that is industry research. <laughs> it's all a part of the all a part of what you do as the incredible, I don't know, entity that is Barbara. Um, same for you, though. As a content creator, you have to be studying what's out there. Oh, and you God. also see how others create and produce. And you might be inspired by how something was edited or the way a story was told or that um, it freshens your brain or gets you to see things in a different way. So now I do want to talk about um, Table for All because I am so impressed with what you've achieved because you know you, you have a, a fully blossoming creative business and the fact that you've done it, like you made it happen. So I'd love for you to fill in the blanks like how you got there because it's not easy to do and to accomplish what you've done, but you've done it. And I think it's not luck. We've already established it's the point of this episode. Nothing is lucky. You have always, always put the work in. And so I think it's a really wonderful sort of fun fact that in um, 2017, you were the grand prize winner of the American Public Television Create Cooking Challenge. So where does that fit into the narrative? Did you always know like the end goal is I want to create a show like Table for All? Or has this sort of evolved as you went? Uh, I think it's it's all it's always evolving. Uh, I don't think sticking to one particular dream will really get you there, especially when it comes to our ever-changing business of television mm. and entertainment. So for me, the end goal has always been the Buki Show 2025, check your local listings, national daytime talk show, baby. But you know, with streamers dominating and everything like that, does it really make sense to have a daytime talk show on a broadcast network when everyone's cutting the cord? Who knows? So for me, it's ever-changing. The goal for me was always to get on air, tell good stories, and my life mantra is I want everyone to win because as gorgeous and fantastic as this world may be, especially in the lens of Instagram. It is very hard. Um, it is very trying and it is very unfair oftentimes to the people who don't deserve it. So I really want everyone to win. Um, even if I don't like you, just go win across the street. Just don't win next to me. But I do want you to win. So I've always been led by that. So whether it's a cooking tip, a skincare tip, or a story from, you know, uh, an immigrant family, if that inspires you to get up and go, to change your outlook on life, to do something you never thought you wanted to do before, then that's what I wanted to be a part of. So that, I guess, for all intents and purposes, that big goal is still the driving force. Uh, but how this show came about was, um, I did win the Cray Cooking Challenge, which actually was 
the catalyst for this. Randomly, uh, I was, which is very unmillennial of me, I was watching regular television and the uh, commercials were coming on and I don't even, I haven't watched a commercial in forever. And all of a sudden I heard while I was watching Martha Bakes, oh, do you, do you want your own cooking show? And I was like, wait a minute, I do want my own cooking show. <laughs> Uh, the, do you want to be on, on television? Why, yes, I do want to be on television. And they were like, so apply to be, let's create cooking, whatever. So I did it. Um, I shot it in my tiny studio apartment, little kitchen. Um, I made chocolate whoopie pies with whipped cream frosting. Still delicious till this day. And then I submitted and then I heard nothing. And at that point I was working behind the scenes for CBS and I was in my office randomly at like four o'clock on a Tuesday. And I get an email from Create TV saying, congratulations. And I completely forgot about it. I was like, what's this congratulations about? Is this spam? And no, I won the Create Cooking Challenge. Um, it was actually the first thing I've ever really won in my life, actually. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't play the lottery. I've never really been in raffles. So that was the first thing I won. It was fantastic. I met everyone from America's Public Television, including their president CEO, who unfortunately is retiring this year, Cynthia Fetterman. And we got to work and we made this uh I think it was eight episode digital cooking series that was also on air. And it was a great experience because it really uh it was my first intro into self-producing really gathering the elements putting a team together and for this goal of making the show because they just gave you a little bit of a grand prize and some equipment but i already know from television that that's not gonna make a great show for you so uh, what does really, make um, a great show for you this is a great story it's like what did you learn from this and what makes a great show in your opinion lord have mercy so much <laughs> I think the first, the biggest thing is your team. I don't, uh, there, I don't have any hubris or ego. I'm just, I, I just have a nice personality. I know that's what I bring to the table, but I cannot do 95% of the things that these people can do from camera work to audio editing. And like, as someone who has worked a camera, has edited, it's always good to have those little things in your toolbox. So I feel like it's always good, especially for me, I've worked behind the scenes in front of the camera all over the place. So I pretty much know everyone's job, which I think is very helpful. Do I want to do everyone's job? Absolutely not. But it's great to have, okay, you know, I can edit, throw it in your toolbox. Oh, I can, I can, I can work some lighting, put it in your toolbox. Just so when things come about, you know, first, you know, when people are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, because you already know how it's supposed to be done. And two, you know, the, these are times where you have to do multiple things. Like, they're, uh, gone are the, the good old 1990s days where there were, like, 100 people on set. Now it's, like, 25, and people are doing, like, four jobs each. So it's good to know everything like that. So, you know, even for lighting, like, I lit this place up. This place is, this place is a, a, a cave. This place is lit up right now um, because I learned that from actually working on the show What Not to Wear back in the day. So yeah, so I won the Korea Cooking Challenge. Uh, it was wonderful. We made the episodes. Uh, and yeah, teamwork, 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 teamwork. That's that's all you need. If you can put a great team together, you can go to the stratosphere. 
that's the biggest thing I learned from that. And preparation and preparation and preparation. That's it. Okay. I so appreciate you're saying that too, because you're one of my isms is winners don't wing it. And, um, and a lot of people come in uh, on the media training and media coaching side, always saying like, I'm so better, much better when I'm off the cuff and I wing it. I'm like, that's a myth. It's just your own perception. But to your point, I'm in, I'm in the, you can never be overprepared club. Even if that, never. that thing you're not, you may never say it, you may never do it, but it gives you confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means you're just storing things in your toolbox or the closet should you need it should we ever need it that resource is there did you ever need it yeah and it's so funny that you say that because I feel like going back to what your client just said I feel like you're better off the cuff once you're prepared oh rookie say it again I used to joke about (laughs) even when my kids were little my husband's very spontaneous and I was like the super preparer, meaning, but I would have, you know, a, kind of a diaper bag version of a go bag ready because that allowed us to be spontaneous. I just kept it packed yep. so that when he was like, hey, the weather's great. Let's go drive upstate to da da I'm like, we can do that. Why? We can. Because we're, we're prepared. prepared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, but now I want to get like, this has become serious. It's like, this is really exciting. You're energized. You created and produced something. You're feeling really proud. You're like, wow, I'm doing what I love. It comes out. And this happens for everybody. It doesn't matter how famous or not. And then it's like, and then what? And, and then did you go through what? the then what phase? Absolutely. I, I mean, I think everyone who gets, and I know you've talked about it because I feel like I've heard this on one of your episodes because I do listen, FYI. Um, oh, thank you, Buki. I do listen. I feel, I, I don't remember who it was, but there is no big break. Like, it's just a series of steps. <laughs> no, no step is getting you to the top. But as, as we all think, you know, once you get there, you know, you get this one break and you're like, this is it. The floodgates are going to open. ABC is going to call me tomorrow. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and it's not. And it's not. And, um, Holly Berry, I heard a, um, an interview with her and they asked her, is it harder to break in or is it harder to stay in? And she said, every day is a struggle. And I was like, truer words were never spoken. Um, even today, I mean, I'm still auditioning. I'm still writing my emails. I'm still placing phone calls. I'm still talking to my reps because the, the work doesn't stop. You just You just have to do it. But yes, as soon as that happened and it came out, everyone loved it and I'm thinking okay why isn't the phone ringing like what is going on I've proved myself where is the call and the call never came and that's when you got I had to tap into my superpower and get, get start getting to work start you know reaching out and seeing what else can be done can I do like I was I was on the horn with TV almost every week like you, you guys need like some interstitials you need some you need me to do a live event like whatever you need I'm here but yeah so it, it's definitely a hard pill to swallow once you've given something you're all and still no call comes but as as we just said every everything you do is a step in the right direction it's all going down that yellow brick road of blessings and one day we will we will all make it to Oz. But until then, you gotta keep laying those bricks. Wow, what's your version of Oz? 
how will you know when you got there? Uh, I don't, you know, I am a very, 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 very big dreamer. Oz looks like my own private jet. <laughs> it looks like my own brand's production company, major things that it's going to take me a while to get there. But that's the best part about it. It's like, it's all about the climb. It's like, as long as you're going towards that goal, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to make it. Cause I mean, there's no other choice. I mean, there's only so much you can climb. So it's just so interesting how people think that it's like one thing, but it's, it's so much more than that. And I feel like as soon as you get to your dream, which happens faster than you think because technically my dream was to get on television I, I already did that um so you always have to I think that's also a good thing too just keep dreaming keep visualizing what else can be done what more and I mean I'm a religious I'm a religious person so I do believe that God can dream a bigger dream than you can mm -hmm. so just dream as big as you can and watch watch it soar I want to also point out and I love this because it's the whole point of the episode is that in your Oz, you're still working. Oh yeah. <laughs> the work never said that, that, that it brings you joy. There's it no does. like, I'm working to get to the point where I no longer have to work. You're like, I'm always working. I will always be creating. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, maybe it's, I, I guess maybe it's the, how I grew up, but, and also maybe because I'm like scared to death of dementia and Alzheimer's, but I just want to stay sharp forever. I just want to be sound mind, sound body. And a big part of that is, you know, working towards whatever it is. I mean, it doesn't have to be a nine to five, but whether it's, you know, a, a charity, whether it's, you know, working for, I don't know, F X, Y, and Z. Um, but when you're having for, your production company that you're working it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Like we just want to, I just want, we just want to do good work and make an impact. And uh, I never think I'm, I never plan to ever retire, um, but you know, who knows? That's so fun. Never I'll be never. in the not retiring with you club. But now I want to just take a sec though to think about. It. So we got from the, you know, create TV. How did you get, what are the steps that got you to table for all? Okay. So yeah. So create TV laid the groundwork because, uh, so I was actually feeling, this is my scheduled break. Uh, I was feeling a little burned out. I was working at CBS for five years. Uh, I said, okay, this is not getting me towards the Oprah Buki show 2025 goal. So it's time to go. It gave me five years of blessings and a killer paycheck. Thank you, Lord. And traveling all over the country. Um, but I left there and then kind of started over again. And I said, let me, let me, let me do a little foray into news really quick. So I was working in news and then um, I took a job for NJPBS and it was like a associate producer role. And the woman was like, you know, you're overqualified for this, right? And I was like, yeah, but I need a break. <laughs> I need to, I need to gather my thoughts for the next round, for the next push. So I got that job and I'm in there working and uh, I was there for about a year. And I was like, you know, I think I would be really good as a reporter here. And at that point, people were dropping like flies. And I was like, okay, well, if they're, if they're in need of people, I am on air. I do this all the time. At this point, I've been doing, I was doing it for about seven years. So I was like, okay, I think I can like do a little something. I mean, it's not hard. I can totally do it. And so I go to the news director and I say, listen, uh, I do on air stuff all the time. I can send you a reel. 
Uh, I do more so host sort of things, but we can definitely put on a little news voice for you um, and give you some news reports. And I was met with crickets. So six months later, I, you know, revisit the conversation. Hey, you know, I would love to be on air. I think I could really be great, you know, given reports and this, this, and that, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll think about that. All right. Well, listen, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> I already know what that means. Um, so I was like, okay, well, um, my favorite quote is from Milton Burrow, when opportunity doesn't knock, build your own door. So um, I decided to build my own door. And the good news is that America's Public Television is basically a cousin of NJPBS. So, um, and they're all under the WNET umbrella. So everyone knows everyone. So people who, people knew me when I was at NJPBS that I didn't even know about, but they just knew because they saw my name on the email list. So uh, I started making pitch decks and I started reaching out to the people at WNET, the people at APT, pitch decking, pitch decking. Like when I tell you, I went through about 140 versions of a pitch deck uh, for various shows that I was just thinking about. Uh, and I was just pitching to everyone who would listen. I started getting, creating some traction, like, oh, this is interesting. Okay, cool. This is interesting. Uh, but really it was just like, okay, this is, this is interesting. Uh, the key was, is that our general manager of the whole station uh, left and a new one was coming in. And as we all know, with people that are coming in, they want to make a splash. They want to make a big name for themselves. So as soon as he came in, I sent an email, hey, I'm Buki. Uh, I work as a producer here, but, you know, I've been doing this, this and that. I would love to, you know, chat with you and, you know, welcome you to the team. And he emails me back and he was like, oh, I already know who you are. And I was like, whoa. You already know who I am. Who told you? <laughs> and he was like, oh, oh, everyone's been talking about you and the show that you, these shows you have brewing. Would love to talk to you about it. So I met with him. He goes through the list. He was like, oh, I like this. He was like, we like, I, I like the food stuff. And he was really into High on the Hog on Netflix. And I was like, well, I can give you a High on the Hog. I can do that for you. Uh, I think like a few months later, um, they greenlit the show. And we, we started. And then the real work began. <laughs> okay, I want to pick up on this. For anybody listening, because it's my favorite thing to do is connect these dots. I heard so much amazing stuff in there. One, you're an idea machine. Yes. And you also, you're a phenomenal listener. Because I think every time people said, yes, no, maybe we kind of like, you went for the note. You separated your ego or like any sense of rejection and said, because it stuff can sting, right? But you'd like pick myself up and go, what was valuable in that note? What can I take from the feedback that I got to keep making this better? You kept yes. doing it and you keep staying in there. And then when he, you're in that, the meeting, that must've been such an incredible feeling too. It's like your head is really like, is it good? Is it bad? He knows who I am. Oh gosh. But it's amazing. And then he says hi on the hog. You're like, I can do that. You listen. Oh yeah. And that's, and I think that's the, I, I think you hit it right there. Nail on the head. There is no space for ego. I don't know. I don't know how people do it. I didn't, I do not have, I think, I think I always, I always joke that um, for Christmas, I'm going to ask Santa for audacity because I just, <laughs> I just don't, I just don't have it. And I wish I had more of it, but I think it served me well because I, I, I just, I, when you have ego, you have blinders on, like you can't see it. 
Um, and so I, I really do try to take and listen to everyone's feedback. You know, some people aren't qualified to give you advice and feedback, which we all know those people. So, you know, you listen, you, you nod and smile and you put their notes to the side. And then for the people who, you know, are like, they have your best interest at heart, then, you know, so even with all the rounds of revisions, I was working with our chief programming officer. I was working with a, like people in HR, like, okay, what do you think about this? Well, okay, we'll change this up. Eh, we don't like that. And I'm like, oh, listen, because the, at, at the end of the day, do you want to be right? Or do you want to win? <laughs> that's, that's the question. Do you want to, do you want to be right? Or do you want to win? I want to win. So I will put my ego aside and do whatever needs to be done to make sure that we're winning. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's, that I think that's really the key just to keep going. I mean, everyone in this business knows it's 99.9% .9 of rejection and you just, it's just what it is. So if you don't like being told, no, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if this is the right place for you. Um, but someone will say yes. And when they say yes, it's, it, it outweighs any no you, you ever heard. I'll tell you. So how did you get to table for all? Meaning it's, it strikes me as a deeply personal concept. I'm just meant in terms of creatively getting from this thing that means so much to you and then delivering on what you knew the direction or what your boss was looking for. So I'm just curious, like how creatively, how you meld it. I mean, you told me about like talking to everyone and I love the idea that you even went to HR, which on the creative side is not everyone's first approach. So I thought, that's probably genius somehow, but you know what I mean? It's like, this is, what does this mean to you? Cause it is, it's a deeply personal lens for you. Yeah. I mean, I have to give our GM Jolie credit because he really, he really just said, go run with it, do whatever, do whatever you think is right. And I really appreciate that because I know that will probably never, ever, ever happen again. Um, but so I, I think when I was thinking about this whole thing, um, we are in such divisive times, and I know I'm a I I I know I'm a person of color, and I and I feel like a lot of people think that they can't be biased, but that's not the truth. Um, but I really don't have a bias bone in my body. I've never I I've I have so many friends of different faiths, religions even eating habits, uh, so many vegans out here. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I just love people. I, I always wanted to be that, that Carrie Bradshaw with like four friends and six friends and all these friends around and, and everyone's different and everyone has something to contribute and something of value that we all can learn from. And so when we hit like 2020, 2021, when, anti-Semitic attacks were up, anti-Asian attacks were up, even, even violence against Black people were up. I'm like, what is going on over here? This is crazy. And I'm like, what? I, I just, and for me, I, I literally hurts my brain to think about it because I just don't understand where it comes from because I've never been someone to look at someone and say, you know, you're less than me or you're not worthy because of how you look or even how you dress or how you sound. So... Uh, the thing I thought was interesting, and actually no one knows this, this is the Barbara Barner Able exclusive, is that, so I, um, <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know a few people that, that are teetering on the prejudice line and they're, you know, Caucasian 
And, you know, they say some, some not so HR worthy things. Let's just say that. And so one day they're like, oh my God, we have to get this Mexican place. It's the best. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, weren't you just talking about this border crisis and how we don't want them coming into our country? What is going on here? And the idea sort of clicked. It's that we may not understand everyone. We, I may not understand your beliefs. I may not understand your culture. I may not understand your traditions, but I understand that your food is so good that it erases all preconceived notions. So that's where the whole thing came from, really, that we can understand food is, I really say it's a culture show. People want to call it a food show. It's a culture show. And the way I get you is through food. So by cooking these these things, getting into kitchens that we all know about, we've all, we all have been in the kitchen, we all have eaten different foods, um, and really learning about a person through that food is how I wanted to really structure it. Because perfect example, in Italy, we call it a zeppoli. But in Nigeria, we call it puff puff. It's fried dough. We all have it. <laughs> in Mexico, they call it a churro. Uh, we all have our different versions. So we're really not so different after all. We're really, we're one people, we're one race, the human race. And if we all just take some time to listen and understand, then we all be better off for it. So that's what I hope we're driving home in the show. That's what I hope we're doing in the show. But that's the driving force behind it. Like what's next for you in terms of like the next step or the next iteration or table for all is what, what table do you want to get to? Ooh. Oh, this that's a hard question. Like we, like we said in the beginning, the work doesn't stop. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still doing my auditions. I'm still working on this, this and that, working on different ideas, having calls with different producers to see what we can possibly do together. Um, because at the end of the day, we, we want to, we want to win. So I got to tell you, the winning is in the doing and you are winning. And I will include all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much. You this was really fun. And just, I can't, I going back to what I said in the beginning, your smile, your radiance, that's, you know, along with your work ethic is truly a superpower. And I want to thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're looking for help strategizing your career and tapping into your greatness, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com. And be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Thank you.